Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 106, and tonight's topic is snowfall. We are doing our Snowfall Friday segments in December. All December, every Friday night, we will discuss Snowfall Season 4. Tonight is Episode 2, and the title is Wait. So we about to get into it, break it down, dissect it, like we do on this platform. Don't forget, if you want to follow me on social media, Alicia Shanice for Facebook, Alicia Shanice Reviews for IG. If you need to email me, Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can inbox me, DM me, or email me for anything you would like for me to recap as far as documentaries, TV shows, or movies. Also, albums or books. If you want me to check out something you're into and just, you know, hear my opinion or my recap on that, all you got to do is hit me up. I am more than willing. Also, um, don't forget to follow those Spotify playlists. I have made all of my music playlists public. All you have to do is type in Shanice Loves. I know at least one will populate. You click on that picture profile, it takes you to the rest. So I don't want to have you guys here too long. Don't forget to check out my 100th episode celebration of recording 100 um, podcasts. I dropped that earlier this week. The topic was 50 Cent talking about his career and how much growth and everything he's been through and how much I admire his career and the legend that he is. And don't forget to check out the Big Sky recap because that came on in Queens and tune in for Power Book 2 on Sunday. So on that note, let's jump into the show and talk Snowfall. Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. So this one was another strong one and it opens up in the warehouse and We leave off from where we left off at, where they're getting ready for the big setup. And we see they did pick a side, as they were discussing. Louis was going more for Scully because, you know, as crazy as he is, he stays in his lane. Um, um, Uncle Jerome, he wanted to go for man boy, Drew. And Franklin was kind of up in the air, but he went with Man Boy. So we see Man Boy's flunky. He's a little too eager, and he's ready to just start shooting whoever, and Peaches is ready for war. And Peaches is trying to tell him, like, you need to calm down. And he ain't trying to hear it. He is just ready to get the shooting whenever they roll up in there and blow everybody's cover. We also see um, Franklin. He's standing there, and he's waiting for them to come. but. It jumps to the next scene showing us Scully and the Inglewood crew. Because remember, they from Inglewood. They on the way. Scully getting shermed out. His boy like, you doing that shit now? <laughs> he trying to get his adrenaline pumping. He got his music playing. Scully is ready for war. 
But as soon as Scully arrives, he knows the vibes is off child. He wants to see the roaches. He like, bring out them roaches. I want to see them roaches. You don't feel that? (laughs) Oh my God, Scully. But man boy and his crew, they in the back hiding out. And Franklin is looking like, a kid who just seen the boogeyman as soon as scully gets out he like what is it a problem is it a problem and as soon as scully pulls that gun out and shoots in the air um busting that uh light out man boy his little flunky he comes out shooting busting and a big shootout breaks out so it just kind of goes black and we don't know who got shot what happened but when we go to the club we see Louie is at the club and she is panicking because this ain't what they about. They didn't get into the game for this. They got into the game for it to be about the money. And now it's all these shootouts and, you know, police extortion from Nick's and everything. So while Franklin and Rob bust in, it shows a flashback of the shootout because she is like, where's Jerome? You know, Louie going crazy. And it goes back showing us what happened. And we see, you know, Jerome killed somebody and everybody just was shooting. It was crazy. And Peaches, Jerome, they all bust in. Uh, Peaches, shit, he's still ready to go down. He like, you know what? I'm shot, but the only how we can make this right is we go down to the bottoms and finish it off because Franklin damn near passes out when he is not reassured that Scully is dead. That's all he want to know. Did we get Scully? Did we get Scully? And don't nobody know. But they like, if we didn't get him, let's roll down to the bottoms and let's finish it off. But like Louis said, they don't have enough soldiers for that. But looking at the end of the episode, maybe they should have took Peach's advice. So after, you know, Franklin tells everybody, like, let Peaches get stitched up. Rob, go, you go do this. And, you know, Jerome and Louie take him to <clears throat> Mama Sissy's house. And he warns her and Papa Alton that they may need to leave the house for a couple of days. And... You know, they like, look, we ain't running the first time you came here with this nonsense, and we ain't running this time. You fix it. And Franklin kind of checked, you know, catches a little temper tantrum, and his mama like, hold on, you busting here for some shit you got started and get mad at us because we don't want to leave our home? So it's just a lot going on. We see Louie and Jerome, they're still in a car. We know it's still animosity between Alton, Sissy, and um, Louie and Jerome, so they not going in the house. And they're not talking, but Jerome, he's in the car and he is not feeling this. He killed somebody in a shootout and this is never what he wanted. If you go back to season one, Jerome never wanted to mess with the cocaine business. He just wanted to sell his weed. He got his little money up, got his speaker shop rolling. Louie got the club. He like, we don't even need this. You know, this ain't not even our war between them and I didn't kill somebody. This is not what it's about. So Jerome is just not with this. And since it goes to the projects and, you know, over to with Leon and we see Franklin, he's paging Leon as well to warn them. And Leon ain't fucking with Franklin. He's ignoring his pages and they also running low on product. They got about two bricks sitting on that table left and 
they ain't got no connect and we know the fight started about Teddy and Gustavo so Leon ain't trying to mess with them either now Franklin he ends up getting dropped off over T's house Miss Tanasi and he lets her know what's up and since she keeps her her ear to the street and she's like one of those around the way girls, you know, the it girl who can probably work in the club and can get her ear to places that he can't get to. He's like, can you get some information on Scully? I need to know if, you know, he's alive, you know, what's the what? So, you know, she tells him like, it's a little dangerous to be asking about Scully, but, you know, I know his boy's baby cutters, baby mama. So I'll do some checking. So she lets him stay tonight. She lets him stay tonight. She watches him closely as he's laying on that couch. And when he wakes up, his pager has been blowing up. Tanasiar dressed up and tells him he owes her and she plans on to collect after he thanks her. She's like, oh, I know you owe me and I do plan to collect. <laughs> so we get into the next scene, y'all. And we see Franklin is at the payphone with his sweater on, worn and fat back. And Leon is in the background saying, I told his ass, you know, because Leon told him, like, stay out of it. It ain't got nothing to do with us. Let them, they going to do what they going to do. And now Franklin, he didn't got all eyes on him. Now, you know, he going to be the main target. Ain't nobody really going to be worried about me and boy no more since he set all of this up. Mind you, he's still recovering and he hasn't made it back to the old Franklin yet. You know, that's a big change for him getting shot the way he did, especially by who he got shot by. But we'll talk more of that in the midseason, how Franklin is not himself, because it takes him, you know, a little while to go through everything. And we also see Franklin, Jerome, Louie. They meet up with an arrogant, an arrogant, egotistical man boy. Man boy's demeanor has changed. Remember in season three, he was arrogant, he was cocky, but now he he on 10. And he can tell Franklin is shaky. And basically he has Franklin right where he wants him. And he likes that feeling. He likes it. He's telling them that Scully is dead. I shot him myself. So, you know. They ain't buying it. Like, you all right, Saint? Look a little shaky. And he like, if Scully's dead, then we're fine. <laughs> but Franklin is shook. And Louie can't stand man boy. Her plan was to take Scully's side. We go to Gustavo's side. <clears throat> and, you know, Gustavo, remember, when this series started, he was alone. He was sleeping in his truck. He didn't have uh, nobody. And him and Lucia, they connected. But after she left him and Teddy came and got him, he reconnected with his brother, which they were on very bad terms. But now, you know, they have the, got their organization up on his side. He's working closely with the Connect, the CIA, Teddy, and, you know, the children's birthday party. So he back to being also the wrestler in the costume. And, you know, he's like really happy right now. He's still looking for Lucia, but he's happy. And it's good to see the brothers are on one accord. Because remember Stomper, that's the only how he got in with Stomper. And then when they messed that up, that put his brother in a bad situation. So we go into the next scene <clears throat> and we see Papa Alton and Mama Sissy. They talking about the shooting. Six dead. 
gang related and Franklin is all connected. They was like, this, this is what our son was doing last night. Cause it's all over the papers and it's Compton versus Inglewood all over rock. Now, Alton mentions, I thought she was going to call Paul Davis and we know something is going on with this guy, Paul Davis, but it doesn't really go there in this episode. But she, after he walks out the room, she does go over there to make a call because this is like the last shot they can have to, you know, working it out with Franklin to try a different move. <clears throat> so after that, we get another scene. We go back to Tijuana, Mexico, and we meet up with the police chief. And Teddy Nam is trying to offer him, like, look, can I give you 10000 a week? It's Teddy Gustavo and his brother, and the police chief is not buying it. He like, you think we didn't search y'all trucks? We know how much y'all trying to move through this plaza, and it's going to be hundred k a week, period. And he kind of goes to throwing little... Little mild, lightweight threats asking uh, Gustavo's brother what happened to him, why he's in a wheelchair. And we learn that a bullet clipped his spinal cord and it left him like that. And the chief kind of goes on and making more lightweight threats to his brother. But he does agree to give them a few days to come up with the 100K a week. So, or to fully negotiate. Because Teddy's like, I might can get this. And first, Teddy tried to use his little stern talk how he do sometime. And he like, do you understand? And the police chief ain't buying it. Even Tijuana can't do that. So <clears throat> we get into the next scene and we see Tanasi. She shows up to the club, child, and lets them know Scully ain't dead. He ain't dead, but he real, real mad. And Franklin is shaking. He is nervous because that was somebody who sighed he did not want to get in. He did not want to get on Scully's bad side. Scully is 30 times crazier than Man Boy, but Man Boy is very smart and very ambitious to become Franklin's, to have Franklin's spot as the number one. So, whew, we know Man Boy won his spot, and now Scully, well, let's go over to the bottoms. This motherfucker Scully, he don't need a doctor. He just need a knife, some whiskey, and Franklin Saint's head on a platter. He wants to crucify him, he says. Then he like, no, no, that ain't good enough for him. That ain't good enough for him. I want to stone him. So <laughs> Scully is red. He's pissed. When Tanasi said he was just real, real mad, she ain't detailed that right. Scully's pissed, and he is ready for vengeance. And we see him and his crew, they still alive and kicking. And hell, he take that damn bullet out with that knife. He pour that whiskey on it. And child, whew, Franklin better run for it. So we get into the next scene, and we see Franklin decides to cut Inglewood's supply off. Because remember, they started um, getting all their supply. They was getting it from the Mexicans. But in season three, that's when they started working for, or, you know, getting all their stuff from Franklin. So he's like, let's dry him out. Let's cut him off. But they also get a call from Officer Nix. Now, Franklin and Jerome meet up with Officer Nix. And remember... Andre was his brother. That was one of his brothers in blue, his best friends. But at the end of the day, it's about an almighty dollar. And we see he's been getting weekly payoffs. 
from Nix. But Franklin comes up with a plan and he offers him, you know, why don't you take down Inglewood? They bad for business. You do this bus, it'll make you look good, and we'll give you a twenty thousand dollar bonus. But it's a it's a, it's a no. You got forty eight hours to handle it. Now, this is not uncommon for big dope dealers or big people in a game to have the police do their dirty work. It happens all the time. It happened in Narcos. <clears throat> We've seen it in Narcos. But not only that, it happens in real life. Like, um, even when you go look at, like, the Escobars and stuff, when they have people on payroll, this is how they'll go ahead and get everything done to get their competition or somebody who is bad for business out the way. So this was realistic, especially when you're the big man who you got, and you got people on your payroll. So we get into the next scene and we see Irene. She meets up with her flunky, her doormat, the little guy who does her little investigating for her, but he's her intern, she calls him. And this chick, she making she asking him from questions, and every time he don't know the answer for it, she make him take a shot. And he like, Irene, I'm not gonna be able to drive home. She's just a super bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we see she has him out searching for all information on Franklin Saint. She wants to get everything she can dig up on Franklin Saint. Now, remember, she's been intrigued with this case since, you know, how everything happened with Andre Wright. And then on how he ended up in uh, his house a week later, shot up <clears throat> and claimed he didn't know anything. And, you know, on how his mom's house was in foreclosure. Now she owns like this million dollar company. They got offshore accounts. So and also don't forget, she talked to Melanie. It cut off and we don't know what Melanie told her as of yet episode two so <clears throat> we go and we see Gustavo and Teddy they're talking about how to handle the police chief and you know Teddy makes a joke we see he got a sense of humor in season four he like if it don't work out we can just dress you up as oh so and you know let me be your manager <laughs> so we see Teddy got a little bit of a sense of humor he has calmed down that's the character build up I was talking about he has calmed down and did a whole 360 from how he was in season one so we go into the next scene and we see Leon, Fatback, and Lil' Man. They meet up and Lil' Man, you know, he's so eager to impress Leon and prove he about the business. He done hollered at one of his cousins. His cousin's telling him he got connections to meet up with, you know, a connect, a plug. And when they go there... Leon trying to tell him, like, look, this shit don't look right. <laughs> you know, something ain't right about this. You you go up there. And as soon as little man get to walk in, we can tell it's an ambush. They about to get it. They hop their ass in the car. Fatback can barely jump in there and they skirt off. And Leon is cussing his ass out. As he should. Because Leon did not trust that. And little man almost got all of them killed. It was set up from the start. But he's trying to be a good soldier. And we see Leon and basically formed his own crew from the projects. He got, you know, fat back as his right hand man. And, you know, little man, he, he, he coming along. He coming along. So we go into the next scene, y'all. Yeah. <clears throat> we see Nick's goes and he gets to, a, you know, the boys in blue 
to join forces with him who is in the division of the Inglewood. And he tries to get them to help, you know, pull the bust on Inglewood, telling them, you know, what's all in there. And as soon as they arrive at the bottoms, they looking like, oh, hell no. Do you know you see him over there? You see him over there? You see this? They even got somebody on the roof. This is suicide. And their exact words, can I repeat that? Let those animals kill each other. And don't forever, don't ever think for one moment that that wasn't said. And realistically, and they probably went much further with saying other words. But that's a you know, another story for another podcast, but we covered that in our documentary when we did crack. They didn't give a fuck. So we go into the next scene and we go to the shelter and we see Alton. He has gotten self-cleaned up. He has gotten himself cleaned up and he is running the shelter for the people his son is um, supplying the poison to. You know, it's ironic. Like Alton... He is trying to clean people up off the street and his son is basically putting it out there for him. When you look at it, you know, hindsight, just to keep it all the way real, you know, with these shows that's based off reality, I like to talk about the reality of it too, because this was a a domino effect that affected the black community so much, but this is a true to form. I liked it on how they did this because, you know, he came from the Black Panthers, and this is really what they were about. We see the father, he's in there, he's trying to give these people shelter, food, clothes on their back, and clean them up, and that's what the Black, you know, they always make it seem like Black Panthers were so much of rebels and this and that. They were trying so hard to get our communities lifted up before this poison hit, and also trying to get free health care. It went really, really deep. So I did like on how they showed that he really cared about the community. It even showed him working with the father and his two children. And he's feeding them and giving them somewhere to stay. So that was really good to see. And it was good to see on how he was um out on the street in the first season because that's what happened as well. A lot of the Black Panthers who were left who didn't get set up and sent to prison for the rest of their lives or killed. A lot of them lost everything. And when they were tied to the Black Panthers, they might couldn't find a job. And it went further. They lost so much that where they did, you know, get sunk into the bottle or either on drugs. So I liked it on how they showed, you know, the downfall of everything that happened after the Panthers. And then it showed, you know, him getting cleaned up and look at what he's trying to do. You know, even though his son is giving him all this money, look at what he's trying to do with the money. He's not trying to go buy all type of fancy cars and all of that. So, <laughs> Allison is in there doing his thing, and here comes Irene, running her bull. She knows the card to use, Fred Hampton, acting like she knew him. She wants to help. She's from the community, and she just wants to write a piece on how, you know, people are trying to save the community, and child, I'm like, okay, give me your card, I'll get in touch with you. So 
she leaves and when she leaves officer nix busts in because he's pissed off because now he's embarrassed from taking that information over to you know the boys in blue and he feels like it was a setup so he busts in there going off on out and here we got the people who out and taking care of they ready to run up like you ain't finna mess with out they ready to have his back and you know officer nix you could tell he was getting ready to go there but irene being the journalist she is, she didn't leave. So when she seen him bust in there, she went in there and saved the day because she know he dirty. And, you know, she's been a journalist for years. So she does save the day there, but she, you know, gets in without him because he like, she like, now do you believe who I, I am, who I say I am, or do you want to keep testing me? So now we see out and going to let her in and give her, you know, the, the information she wants as far as you know giving her just a little bit of information is letting her too far in because we know that she is out for franklin so you know after that and he talks and you know after the threat with nicks and he talks to irene when he goes home he tells franklin about it right away and tells him about how nicks threatened him and bust in there caused the scene and oh the most important part he wants a double payment so it's just a mess. And Sissy tells him, like, look, I finally got in got in contact with the guy, Paul Davis, and it's time to start doing this another way. So you notice they keep on mentioning Paul Davis, and we'll meet him in the next episode. <clears throat> we go into the next scene, and we see Gustavo. He's pulling up at his brother's house and remember the meeting that they had and a hundred and hundred thousand a week. The chief told him he had a few days. I don't think it's been a few days, but when Gustavo goes in the house, all he can hear, the door is open. He can hear the tea kettle in there whistling. And when he walks in, he finds his brother and his wife did. His brother's wife did. And a hundred thousand rope in blood next to them on the floor, and the kids are missing. He's running through the house, calling the kids' name, and they're missing. So they have been murdered, and it was about the hundred thousand. They did it Tijuana style for sure, and that was a really heartbreaking scene, especially when you go back from season one on how him and his brother was estranged and how he felt like he owed him from stuff that happened in the past and then his brother let him in with stomper and that went sideways and that put his brother in a bad position and he wasn't messing with him no more and then he let him back in his graces again moved his family out there they started you know the business up together they were really starting to build and they were going to pay this man that's the thing they were going to pay him the hundred thousand so it was no need for that so it was really ridiculous and now him and his wife is murdered so gustavo is livid and let's be ready for gustavo's vengeance and that was my episode recap of snowfall season four episode two wait i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you guys are tuning in for these lovely friday snowfall recaps because i just want to 
keep dissecting them, talking about them, talking about the character buildups and what to expect. It's still a little early in the game to be talking about what's going to happen. I want to wait till we get more mid-season, but by this is the beginning. You know, we see a lot of the character buildup. We see a whole different Teddy, and we were starting to see a whole different Gustavo. Remember when Teddy started, he was just like this, you know, he had OCD. He felt like he had to be in control. He was very awkward. He couldn't handle cigarette smoke. He couldn't handle anything. Now he's doing cocaine. He's chain smoking cigarettes. When we met Gustavo. He was like homeless, living in a car, didn't have anybody. And connected well with Lucia. Now she's missing. You know, as far as Franklin, he was just this little stimpy kid just got home from college working at a store getting beat up all the time and he's became like this kingpin but now he's off his off his game because he's still recovering from his gunshot wound you know we see Mel she had a bright future and you know now she's a recovering addict and you know the most important person who did a total 360 is mama sissy mama sissy didn't want anything to do with this but after she seen franklin beat up in that jail she said you know what he gonna do it anyway like jerome said and i want my son in my life and we see jerome and louis they are fully committed to each other but Louis is committed to the game, but not Jerome. This was never what he wanted. He never wanted this. Even when the money was good and it wasn't no drama, all he wanted to do was run that record store. I mean, not the record store, his stereo store, you know, his speakers. I said stereo. You know, his little speakers, and you know, Romy Rome speakers. He wanted to run that. And, you know, as far as character build, we see a lot of changes with Leon. Leon He's finally coming on his own, being his own man, running his own block. You know, he was always there for Franklin, no matter what. Franklin could talk to him any kind of way, and Leon probably whoop his ass, but Leon was his day one. And still he is. We're going we gonna to get to more Leon, but we see Leon is stepping up his game as well. So season four is strong. Please keep tuning in because it's just going to get better and better. And then we're going to start doing our theories for what to expect because season five will be dropping shortly. So on that note, I appreciate your guys' support. Don't forget you can hit me up on my social media platforms, Alicia Shanice for Facebook, Alicia Shanice Reviews for Instagram. And if you need to email me, Alicia Shanice 13, I'm sorry, Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. And don't forget about those Spotify playlists. So I will be back on Sunday so we can talk about Power Book 2 Ghosts and talk about Mecca and what the hell Zeke got into. Because I bet y'all that a million dollars they got to make in three days, it might have something to do with Zeke. It might have something to do with Zeke. Maybe it could be McLean. You know how McLean, David McLean is. That might be what he charging them to, uh, <laughs> to for the court, for the legal fees. So. I cannot wait for that. But it's your girl, Shanice, and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl, Shanice.